Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. And all the time. Wow. Let's give a big hand clap to God the Father. You are welcome in the presence of our Father. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for receiving me as well. And I want to thank you, uh, the provost in absentia, the assistant provost, and the team of clergy for inviting me to be a part of this conference. I'm happy to be here. This is home. Before I left to go to St. Luke's, I was here. Then God ordained, and so I'm happy to be back home. Praise the Lord. Yes, and I'm also happy to see that Alabaster Ladies' Conference is as well growing. It's really a joy. Praise the Lord. I bring you greetings from St. Francis Chapel, Makere University, where Jesus resides. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I also believe that he's here. Amen. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yes, he is here because he says where two or three are. There he is in their midst, so Jesus is here with us. I also bring you greetings from my family. My husband was here in the morning, um, but we were called that our son was not well, so he had to go take the son to hospital. But the good news is that he's better, and they've gone back home. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are happy to be here, and I know God has a message for us. Let us pray. Father, it's always a privilege for us to be with you and before you. What a joy it is that we who are called by your name can be in your presence at a time as this. Thank you. We know that you are in our midst because you're the audience of our prayers and our worship. So Lord, as you speak to us all, I disappear that you may appear and let glory and honor come back to you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. I'm also happy to see my daughter, Becky. She's seated there quietly. She just graduated recently. Lawyer in the making, yes, from law, and we are going to sending her to LDC, not so? Congratulations to you, Becky, our student from UCU. Praise the Lord. Yes, we are happy to be here. The mountain of God. The mountain of God. As we are seated in the presence of the Lord, maybe some of us have mountains before us, mountains that we have battled with, maybe a mountain of sickness, it may be a mountain of an addiction, it may be a mountain of failure, it may be a mountain of a particular sin that has, persist, that has persisted on and on, name it. All the mountains that may be in your heart, I'm here to let you know that there is no mountain our God cannot remove. Hallelujah. Our God is able to remove every mountain. And at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus is the Lord. So this morning as we talk about the mountain of the Lord, this afternoon as we talk about the mountain of the Lord, this character in the Bible, the Lord revealed him to me as I prayed and prepared to bring God's word. Moses. We all know that Moses is the man that God used, he spoke to, to deliver his children from Egypt 
into the promised land. And we know that he was with them in the desert for all those years until Joshua came on. But we know that before he was called by Moses, Moses was in a certain situation in his life. Maybe you're also in a certain situation, a certain stage. Sometimes when you're asking the young people, are you relating, are you dating? And then sometimes they'll say, it is a situation. Maybe you're in a certain situation somewhere. Also Moses had his what? Situation. He was running away from his sin. He was a runaway man because of what he had committed back in Egypt. And so now he finds himself, we know the story, I'm paraphrasing, he finds himself in another land, he gets a wife, and then boom, he starts to stay with a father-in-law. And he became a cattle keeper, if I'm to say. Started to take care of the father-in-lawship. Now, come on, I have a question for us. If Moses was living today, would you term him as a successful man or a failure? Please turn to your neighbor. Hmm? What do you think? Was Moses successful or failure? He was staying with his father-in-law, taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, or to bring it close to us, he was a cattle keeper, taking care of his father-in-law's cattle. What do you think? Was he successful or failure? One to think, I think Moses was a failure. He had a situation. He was also battling. But on one occasion, while he was taking his father-in-law's sheep, he was led off. The Bible tells us that he led the flock to a far side of the wilderness. And as he led the flock afar off, he finds himself at a particular mountain called Horeb. The mountain of God. We find that in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. That's where we first meet this term, the mountain of God. The theme, mountain of God. And so we know the story that Moses, as he was taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, he encounters a dramatic event. The bush on what? On fire but not burning. It was in an event indeed. So he was drawn and we know the story. As a result, this failure became a transformer. Hallelujah. Because he encountered God and he was transformed. So I don't know the situation you come with this afternoon in the presence of the Lord. I'm here to tell you that the God we are talking about and we've come to worship, he is the one who changes situations. He is the one who changes stories. He is the history maker. And he wants to make history with you and with me. Praise the Lord. Just like he did it with Moses and through Moses, he can still do it with you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, please handle me carefully. The Lord is going to do wonders through me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So we encounter the term, the mountain of God. The mountain of God is a place where God meets or where God dwells. Again, we see in 1 Kings chapter 19, another man who was running away from a powerful woman. 1 Kings chapter 19, we meet another man in the names of Elijah. He was running away from Ahab's wife called Jezebel. 
because of what was happening. We know, please, I'll challenge you to also read that story. So he also ran off. He went far off, and then he went to the mountain called Horeb, the mountain of God. And again, this man was running away. There is something special with the mountain of God. This man, Elijah, who was running away from this woman, when he gets to that mountain, he meets God. May you meet God this day in Jesus' name. May you have an encounter as we talk about this particular theme. There is an anointing that comes with every theme the Lord puts on the body, on the hearts of ministers. So there is that anointing. I pray that you meet God. So the mountain of God, from what I have explained to you, it's more or less a meeting place, man meeting with God. I don't know why. I think women then, well, they were not there or what? <laughs> and women, you know, for the stories here, we still see men. Of course, we know the history then, the position of men and women then. So we see that at mountain, Mount Horeb, which is also known as Mount Sinai. Hallelujah. I know many of us know about Mount Sinai. So Horeb is another name for Sinai. And it was at the mountain of God that God made a covenant with the children of Israel. So something special again with the mountain of God. May you find yourself on that mountain. May you find yourself in the presence of God. A covenant was made. Not stopping there, the Ten Commandments were given. And now let me take you again to Exodus 19. Please help me flash it on the screen so we can read it together. Exodus 19, verses 10 to 11. Let us hear what the Lord instructed Moses to do again as God was planning to come speak to his people. Together we shall read one, two, three. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready for the third day. Because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. We continue, please. Thank you. In the sight of all the people. Twelve. Okay, we continue. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not go up the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. The word of the Lord. God appeared to Moses, the leader of God's people in Exodus. God appears to him and he tells him, now prepare my people, I want to talk to them. Consecrate them. You know, we don't just talk to God just like that. He has his standards, his rules, and his principles. And he said, let them wash themselves. Let them be cleansed. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He values purity. And indeed, he's calling us to also consecrate ourselves so that we can hear from him. Hallelujah. That's what he told them, and I believe he's also telling us to set ourselves apart so that God may speak to us. And so he also tells them in, 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 in verse 12, he said, put the limit. Let people not go beyond that. 
lest they are destroyed. So we are going to understand why. And now in the scripture we have read, Hebrews 12, we find another instruction here. The writer in Hebrews 12, we shall read verses 18 and verse 22. Hebrews 12, you'll, we shall read 18 and 22. What does it say? Let's read together. One, two, three. That can be touched. To darkness, gloom, and storm. Can we, to the, can we go to verse 22, our friends? Great. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. The word of the Lord. In verse 18 of Hebrews 12, my title in the Bible says, The Mountain of Fear and of Joy. What does your Bible say? Turn to your neighbor and let them show you their Bible. Maybe we forgot our Bibles, huh? <laughs> Looks like many of us have the swibos, the smart Bibles. <laughs> Please, it is okay, get the Bible. But you need to remember to carry your Bible. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I have a smart Bible. You know, I'm called Digital Mama. Because we preach the gospel using, you know, through these phones and gadgets. But it's also good to have our hard copy Bibles, to have both. Sometimes the soft copy Bibles, mm, some of them you might not understand the versions. So you need to have one that you can also check with the physical Bible so that we don't miss out. So the heading in the NIV is the mountain of fear and the mountain of joy. So here in Hebrews 12, 18, the writer says that you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, that is burning with fire to darkness and gloom, referring to the other mountain. Mount Sinai, brothers and sisters, was a mountain that not everyone was supposed to approach. God came in his glory, but not everyone was supposed to come close to God. Not everyone, only Moses if people dared or animals dared to cross the boundaries, they were supposed to die. Sometimes when I think about the God of the Old Testament, of course he's the same, but the way he revealed himself, I don't know if he appeared today. Ask your neighbor, if your neighbor would survive. If the God, <laughs> if the God of the Old Testament appeared, ouch, he was a tough one. But the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today and forever. So Mount Sinai was known as a mountain of terror. The you know, on Mount Sinai, God appeared to his people in lightning, in, th in a thick cloud, with thunder, you know, eh, eh, I'm sure everything was scary, was terrifying. No wonder that people would tell Moses, please, uh, uh, you speak to us. Let God not speak to us. It wasn't an easy thing for them. It was a mountain that was not for everyone. Because God in his glory, he expects that we approach him in a certain way. Hallelujah. So it was a naked one. But now we see, now God is telling them that now through the writer Hebrews, he's telling us today that you've not come to that kind of mountain. You've come to the mountain of joy. Hallelujah. 
In the past it was like that, only Moses would go, but today the Lord is saying it's different. You've come to the mountain of joy, Mount Zion. That's what the reading tells us. Mount Zion. Zion is the tallest, the highest point in Jerusalem. And Zion was known as the city of God, the city of David. And David with all the people, they came together and they would always go to Mount Zion to meet God. Today we don't have to go to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. We can meet God here. Hallelujah. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. When Daniel and his friends were in exile, they prayed facing what? Jerusalem. Because they knew that's where God was. Today God is everywhere. Praise the name of the Lord. And he is a respecter of no age or size. He will receive you in your color, with your background, with your education, in Jesus' name. I gave myself to the Lord, my life to the Lord when I was very young in primary. And young as I was, the Lord would speak to me. And today, I can still say the Lord still speaks to me. He's not a respecter of age, color, or what. So when you come to God with an open heart, he speaks to you. I have walked with God now 34 years of age. Don't ask me how old I am. I know some of you are now counting. It is okay. I'm still sweet 16. Hallelujah. <laughs> 34 years of age. I've walked with the Lord. Of course, I'm older than that. But I'm not giving up on God. Because the more you walk with God, the sweeter it becomes. The more you come close, he reveals to you himself. And when he reveals himself, again, you want to seek him and he reveals to you A, B, C, D. This is the God I'm talking about. The Bible says he never does anything without revealing it to his servants, the prophets. May you be among the people that will tap into the secrets of heaven. Because God still speaks. So, they would come to Mount Zion with the children of Israel. And now I'm here to let you know that at Mount Zion, also known Jerusalem, was a place where most of the things that we see in the Bible happened, especially the early church. The death of our Lord Jesus Christ in Jerusalem, of the coming of the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem, everything happened in Jerusalem. But today when we talk about the mountain of God, brothers and sisters, the mountain of God, the key central aspect here is the cross. We can't talk about the mountain of God or the mountain of joy without the cross. Hallelujah. At the cross, at the cross, that's where your sins were carried. On that cross, he carried every worry that you have. Hallelujah. On that cross, he carried every sickness that you have. And in exchange, he gave you perfect health. He became the sin for us on that cross. That you and me may be accepted. So when we talk about the mountain of God, now the central image here is the cross. If you ever go to the church, any church, and they do not talk about the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, please run for your life. It is a wrong church. You don't have to go to theological college to know any church that does not put emphasis on the cross. No, there is a problem. Because without the cross, we would not be here. The cross is the pivotal moment for us and in the Christian faith. 
So when we talk about the mountain of God, dear friends, it comes back to the cross. So when we say we have come to the mountain of God, we are coming to God through Jesus Christ and through the finished work of Christ on that cross. Hallelujah. A hand clap to our God who has loved you and me unconditionally and gave his son for us. So the mountain of God, dear friends, is the only mountain that can destroy the works of darkness. Because on that cross, Jesus Christ ashamed the devil. And he reigned victorious. On that cross, his blood was shed that you and me may be cleansed in this blood of Jesus. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing? Are you washed? Please sing to your neighbor. Sing to your neighbor, yes. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Hallelujah for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah for the blood that cleanses us and makes us spotless. So when we talk about the mountain of God, we come to meet with God through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Elijah, Moses, met him on that physical mountain called Horeb. And then we meet Mount Zion now, where everything happened. The death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And on Mount Zion there, Jesus died for us. So when we come to the Lord, friends, what we have is an extraordinary encounter with him through the cross. An extraordinary encounter. At the mountain of God, we come, you are all invited. We are all invited. At Mount Sinai, people were supposed to stay here and not go beyond Okay, Moses went beyond. Moses talked to God on their behalf. But today, because of what Jesus did for us at Calvary, the curtain was torn. Hallelujah. The curtain was torn that you and me can go before God anytime, any day, anywhere. Can you imagine even when you're in that toilet doing your business, you can even go to God Wow, the curtain was torn that you and me may access him so that you can have an encounter, so that you can hear him, so that you can get to know the will of God concerning your life and your family. Sometimes our families are beaten or we are struggling and experiencing tough times because we don't know the mind of God concerning our families in a particular situation. But when you come to the mountain of God, he will reveal to you the secret concerning your family and you'll pray with understanding. When Daniel learned that they were going to be in captivity for those years, according to Daniel from 10 to 12, Daniel resolved to do what? To pray. So when was the last time the Lord spoke to you? I love it when we engage a more relational in nature. So please help me turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, when was the last time you heard the voice of God concerning your family? If, there is, if it's a father concerning your children and your marriage, let them tell you. 
Because God speaks. God does not only speak to Reverend Hillary. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. He doesn't only speak to Reverend Lydia. He speaks to us. Let's not restrict God. When Moses went to the mountain, he spoke. When Elijah went, he spoke. Now, today, it's not only one person. All of us are invited to the mountain of God. And he will speak to us as individuals. We come as a community of believers. My prayer is that you press in so that you hear God for yourself. Why do we have many of our Anglican Christians, I will emphasize Anglican Christians, hoping from church to church? It is because these Anglican Christians have failed to cultivate a relationship, an active relationship with God. They think they only meet God when they come for service here. May you not be among such Anglican Christians. Hallelujah. May you be an Anglican Christian who has a vibrant relationship with God so that you hear God for yourself, so that you open the Bible, break the word, read it, and digest it. And friends, allow me to let you know, even as the theme for Alabaster states, the unshakable. Allow me to tell you that we are living in this world that is so shakable. These things of this world are so fatal. They are very temporal. They come and go. We can't rely on them, but unfortunately, we've put so much confidence in these things, in the things of this world. I want to pose a question again to us. When you face a problem, where do you run first? To who do you run first? Hmm? To who? I know many of us are saying God. No, many of us run to our phones. True or false? We run to our phones. You know, when you knock yourself, when you knock yourself that toe, what happens? You say, ah, mama. How many of us say Jesus? <laughs> Jesus is the shortest prayer. So God is calling us to run to him and speak to him. This world, the things are so shakable. Look at the ideologies that are thrown at us every minute. They are so shakable. People keep shifting. They are like shifting shadows, changing positions and goalposts. I pray that you will not be among the men and women that change just like that. So because we are living in this world that is so shaken, where are you standing? Are you safe? Are you secure? This world is so shaky that you don't know what your business is going to be like tomorrow. True or false? You don't know what your office will be like tomorrow. You don't know even what your children are going to become by the way. It is only when you trust and depend on God so are you sure, are you secure where you're standing? Are you firmly rooted? Maybe when the storm comes, it's very easy for you to give in the towel and move on. The call is, the question is, where are you standing? There's that song we were singing in all the services. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let us sing emphatically as though we mean it indeed. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All 
friends, to anyone who puts confidence in material things, in position, promotion, there is something God is saying to us today. In the other services, I mentioned that my husband has very many degrees. He's a genius. He's a bright young man. Hallelujah. But I was saying that not even his degrees can take him to heaven. Hallelujah. Not even any of our qualifications can take us to heaven. The qualifications are good. And I always challenge young men and women to push themselves. Hallelujah. To work hard. To work hard and get the promotion and influence for the Lord. But when we put our confidence in those things, they are fatal. They will perish. They come and go. Seasons come and seasons go. Seasons come seasons go. But only one. But Jesus he never changes. Jesus, he never fails. Jesus, he never changes. Seasons come and seasons, but Jesus never changes. If you are standing on the firm ground called Jesus, then you can stand. Maybe you will not fall. Your work might be tested and you pass. If you're standing on Jesus. If you're sure you're standing on Jesus. Let us read verse 26 and 27 of Hebrews 12. Even as we draw to a conclusion. Verse 26 and 27. What do they say? We want to read together. One, two, three. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now, he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The word once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is, created things. So that what cannot be shaken may remain. Hallelujah. In the past... When the Lord came on Mount, Zion, on Mount Sinai, when he came, the earth shook. And indeed, many of us have seen a shaking. Not so. You think about 2020 and 2021. The COVID years, they were really bad. They were really, it was a real shaking. Because, I mean, it took all of us by surprise. COVID-19 took all of us by surprise. It was a bad thing. We lost a number of our people. We get to a, you know, we had never seen churches be closed. Churches were closed. That was a tough, tough, terrible time. I'm not a prophet of doom, but I'm here to tell you it will be worse. Because Jesus is coming back. He has said, he has promised that in the last days he will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Jesus is coming, but shall we be found standing? Will we be standing when he comes? Because the shaking shall happen. The shaking shall happen. So that what is removable can be removed. As the scriptures have told us. So that our reliance on material things can be destroyed. 
So that we destroy the spirit of materialism, the spirit of consumerism, name all the isms, as you would say, all the different things. God comes to shake and shift us. My prayer is that you may be found standing in Jesus' name. That you may be firmly rooted because he's coming. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.13 that all our works will be tested by fire. If your work doesn't stand, ouch, very sad. I mean, you would have wasted your time on earth. May God help us that everything we'll do will be stored in heaven. Praise the Lord. Do the things that contribute to the kingdom of God. Do the things that build the kingdom of God. Dear friends, when we come to the mountain of God, we are grafted into the unshakable kingdom of God. Hallelujah. When we come to the mountain of God, by the way, the invitation is open to all of us to come to God through Jesus Christ so that you can be a partaker, so that you can be one of the many who will be rejoicing before the Lord in the unshakable kingdom of God. Through Christ Jesus, we receive the unshakable kingdom of God. But how do we maintain that? How can we remain rooted? Number one, brothers and sisters, as he told Moses to consecrate the people, he's also asking us to consecrate ourselves. Number one, so the call to us all is the call to holiness. The call to live a life that glorifies God. To die to the flesh. To die to the things of this world so that Jesus will be the answer and the reason for our existence. Like Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. May you live for Christ. Dying to self. Allowing God to consecrate you and set you apart. Brothers and sisters, your mind, your eyes, your everything, your legs are supposed to be unto the Lord. Consecrated unto the Lord. This is the time for us to examine ourselves. What are those things in our lives that are displeasing to God? What are those things? It may be hidden sin. It may be an addiction. That is causing me to be shaky. The Bible says, if you're neither hot nor cold, I will do what? Spit you out. What is it that is hindering you from experiencing God? What is it that is stopping you from coming close to God? The Bible says, this is the time for you to be set free and let God take over. For you and me are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And he lives in you. And when you allow God to live and operate in you, my goodness, my goodness, the world cannot contain you because we are the men and women that will do exploits for the Lord. Those who allow God to live in them and be holy unto the Lord, the Lord will do mighty things in them and through them. The second thing that God is asking us to do is the call to total devotion. He's calling ourselves to commit to him, to be for the Lord, 
to choose this day, like Joshua said, as for me and my family, we shall serve the Lord. I've told you that I've walked with the Lord now about 34 years of my life, but let me tell you, I am not going away. I am on team Jesus all the way until he calls me back home. I am committed. I will die a Christian in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I'm soldiering on. My prayer is that you and me will commit because we are going back home soon. I pray that we shall meet on the streets of gold and we shall say, oh, you made it. Reverend Hillary, I am here. I made it. May we meet in heaven together, jubilating before our Father. Hallelujah. May we meet on the streets of gold. That's why we are here to encourage one another. That's why we open the word of God so that we uplift each other, study the word and be able to live as he's calling us to do so. He's calling for total devotion. Mary Magdalene, a sinful woman, but when she met Jesus, she didn't remain the same. She committed all-heartedly. Those in the kingdom of God, what do they get? What do we find when we are in the unshakable kingdom of God? Number one, God's promises are yes and amen. I don't know if God has given you a promise, but God gives promises and he fulfills. Please study the word of God. When you face a challenge, go and search scripture and ask what is the mind of God. Sometimes we pray amiss. I will say that again. We pray amiss or our prayers are not answered because we are not praying according to the will of God. What does that mean? When you're facing a trying time or a challenge in your life, whatever you're taking to God, go in his word and ask what is the mind of God concerning this. And then you take it to him and say, but God, you said. Hallelujah. But God, you said. God will listen to his word. Because all other things will pass away, but not even a full stop from his word. So may the promises of God become a reality in your life, in Jesus' name. Number two that happens to us in the kingdom of God, God's presence sets us apart. When you come to the mountain of God, you meet God. Moses would come down from Sinai and you were shining and he kept covering himself and people are saying, keep covering yourself. But let me tell you, in this day and age, when you walk with God, you keep the presence of God. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, the presence of God manifests in many different ways. To the ladies, if you want to keep looking beautiful, let me tell you, love Jesus Christ. You'll not get wrinkles, by the way. You'll keep shining. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And to the gentlemen, men who are here, Yes, you want to be the man that will, you know, do things for the Lord and influence and call your house to order. Seek the Lord. Be an example. I was telling some people yesterday that when I think we were in five years in marriage with my husband, my son, I think was around three and a half years. And so I'd cooked. My husband likes posho and beans and chapati. Imagine liking posho and beans, eh? Oh my goodness, that's what we used to eat at school. So I, do, I hate it with a passion, but he likes that. And so sometimes I would cook the cassava and he would not eat. So one day I told my son who was three and a half and told him, Liam, you have to eat the cassava. And he looked at me and said, mommy, cassava is for women. <laughs> it is not for men. <laughs> Why? Because the dad was not. 
So men who are here, if you want to see your children pray, what do you have to do? Pray. If you want to see your children read the Bible, men, what do you have to do? If you want to see your children love their future wives, what do you have to do, men? Don't beat. Hallelujah. When you beat your wife, you're literally telling your son, when you grow up, do like I do. Or when you don't provide for your family, you're literally telling your son and daughter, when you grow up, come on, don't provide. It is okay. We rebuke that in Jesus' name. So we need the presence of God to guide us. And then also when you're in the kingdom of God, the power of God becomes our portion. And finally, the peace of God in, is found in the unshakable kingdom. Dear friends, the peace of God is what you need. But in this unshakable kingdom of God, we have this free peace. Why am I speaking with this confidence? It is because of what Jesus has done in our lives. Our confidence is not in the things, it is in Jesus Christ alone. May your confidence be in the Lord, not in the things that are fatal, not in the things that perish. Brothers and sisters, you and me are called to be in the unshakable kingdom of God. So choose this day. There are many kingdoms, so many kingdoms. It's only one kingdom that is unshakable. That is the kingdom of God. This kingdom of God, which is unshakable, it is unbeatable, unmovable, unstoppable, and unconquerable. And that's where we are meant to belong. Hallelujah. Don't put confidence in things of this world. Put your confidence in this kingdom. Please turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, the kingdom where you're supposed to belong is unbeatable, unmovable, unstoppable, unconquerable, and above all, unshakable. That's where you're supposed to belong. May the Lord bless you. Shall we bow our heads and pray? Hallelujah. Father, you're so good to us. Thank you for reminding us that you're still calling us. You're calling us to your mountain. You didn't stop with Moses, neither with Elijah, nor with David, nor with Daniel. You're still calling the Christians in this century. Please forgive us where we've been, when we've been running away from you and putting confidence in these fatal things. Forgive us. Putting confidence in our promotion, confidence in our positions, confidence in our riches, in our qualifications, please forgive us. Forgive us because they all perish. This morning we choose to put confidence in you. This afternoon we say that we shall depend on you. We come back to a place of worship. Please receive us. With every eye closed and a head bowed down. Maybe you want to put your relationship right with God. Maybe you want to be committed in this unshakable kingdom. Maybe you want to experience the power that is found in the unshakable kingdom. Maybe you've been restless and your peace is not there. And you want to experience this unshakable peace that we find in the unshakable kingdom. Maybe you are at the crossroad. God is inviting you. 
God is inviting you. God is inviting you. The individual is pers- the invitation is personal. It is a personal invitation. With every eye closed and head down, you want to respond to the invitation and come to the unshakable kingdom of God. Just put up your hand. You want to have that relationship with God. Thank you, my sister. You want to have that relationship with God. The rest of us, let's keep praying, please. Let's keep praying. You're putting that hand not to me, but to God. Maybe you're in that tent. Thank you, my sister. Maybe you're in that tent. And yes, you're not sure where you're at with God. Thank you for those hands. Just put it up straight to the Lord. The rest of us, let's keep praying as your God's sons and daughters make that commitment to him. Let's keep praying that the Lord will touch his children. Thank you, Lord. Father, you see those hands that are lifted up. You know your daughters are saying yes to you. Someone in the tent there saying yes to you. God, meet your children. Meet your children. With the hands lifted up, the rest of us, let's keep praying. If your hand is up, just stand up where you are quietly. Just stand up where you are and just, yes, just stand up. The rest of us, let's keep praying. Thank you. Thank you.